Hello, friends, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen Podcast with your host, Solus. And we are blessed to have uh, my dear friend, our guest speaker, Conniff, on air with us. Conniff, how are you doing today, sir? Well, I am well. However, I don't know if I'm a blessing or a curse, considering you are diving into this uh, <laughs> verse, if you will, that yep. is <laughs> decades in the making, but uh, uh, certainly plenty of adventure to yet to come, I should say. So, absolutely. A blessing, a curse. I suppose you and me and <laughs> all of us that uh, have taken our first steps into uh, soul or whatever they call the verse. I don't remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out, right? So. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, well, it is your fault. Um, it's your fault that <laughs> that I am in this game. Uh, let me just, joking aside, you know, thank you for this. Um, the Star Citizen experience for me personally has been one of the best gaming experiences I've had up to this point. We'll get into that here in the next couple of minutes for this show and this inaugural episode. Um, but thank you for this. Now, you have no responsibility on the money that I've spent in this game. So I want to go ahead and relieve you of that burden. <laughs> that is something you don't need to worry I about. I appreciate it. Um, but man, you you showed me the uh, you showed me the ropes and um, I don't know, the bank account might say curse, but the gaming experience might say blessing. So <laughs> I appreciate it kind of. I um, would say that any person that has and it's not even buying into the marketing material, correct? Like mm. like it's good and the people who have you know, maybe partnered with Cloud Imperium Games on YouTube or wherever, you know, they're they're providing a context of their experience that is exciting to watch. And that's yes. how all media is. But as someone who you just go and see what they have, you know, you go to that, uh, what's it called with the the star chart, the, the universe thing they have where yeah, you can go map. and click on all the stars yeah. and see the history and the lore of all the worlds. Um, yeah. We can't really fault anyone for looking at this product or this game, uh, probably better said experience, yes. and and having our kid-like imaginations run <laughs> wild. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, and ultimately, I think that's where it all starts, both for you and myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I think this is uh, it's filled a void of of a game experience that we just haven't seen before. And I don't want to be I don't want this podcast to be fanboy. I don't want it to be optimism and, you know, positivity all the time. There is some realism um, to where we're at with an alpha state 10 years later. Like there's there's a realism there, um, but it's filling a void that we all wished existed in gaming and if we're just patient enough, this game is delivering. It's bringing that to the market. So we'll get into that here in the next couple of minutes. But without further ado, um, let's go ahead and get this started. So for those of you watching on YouTube, thanks for joining. You feel free to join us uh, on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central on the YouTube channel. That's forward slash at Star Citizen BTV. Bravo, Tango, Victor. Um, but let's get started. You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium Games, Star Citizen, and Squadron 42. 
Whether you fight, explore, unite, and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews, and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast, and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. And again, welcome to Beyond the Verse, Star Citizen Podcast, with your host, Solus, and joined us today is Conniff. Um, the podcast is going to have everything we had before the introduction up to this point, um, but this is what we can expect from this podcast moving forward. So I wanted to uh, address what you can expect, the agenda, the vision that we have for Beyond the Verse. Every Monday, there is a This Week in Star Citizen, where on Monday we get kind of what to expect for the week. Tuesday, we get a lore drop for the most part. Wednesday, we get a roadmap, kind of tech and development update. And then on Thursday, we get Inside Star Citizen, which is their live YouTube um, experience. And so this is a perfect time for me to host a podcast like this because it's gonna take the entire week um, analysis, deep dive, color of what is being presented and it's going to be put in podcast form or YouTube live stream and delivered to you whether you're working out, driving, running, whatever your podcast need is. So without further ado, I would like to go ahead and get started with introductions. Like I said, I'm joined today by Conniff, a dear friend of mine. We joked about being, whether it's a blessing or a curse, my financials probably say curse, my gaming experience probably says blessing, but um, I want to take a couple of seconds to kind of walk the viewers and listeners to where we're at today. So about five years ago, from a Solus gaming perspective, I decided to take a Joe Rogan model of a long form conversation and bring content creators to the podcasting realm um, to ask them questions, to dive into their communities, to, to have that just conversation around a table to see what makes them tick, um, what brings their community together and just garner these amazing ideas that they are coming, that they're coming up with. I did a couple episodes there, uh, dabbled in that, and then Elder Scrolls Online um, brought me to the doorstep of the Lore Seekers. Um, Everything that kind of I am today, as far as a content creator goes, um, has ridden on um, this friendship that I've grown with the Lore Seekers. So I, I, I cannot, uh, move forward without saying a thank you to a cash and thank you to a Jibs who has kind of paved the way and taught me a lot of what I'm currently doing. In Elder Scrolls Online, I started leading the the raid groups, the kind of competition, I don't know, elite version of Elder Scrolls Online raid groups. And that's where I was able to meet them on a personal level. And through our friendships that were created and molded, um, we started up what's called the Natural Ones D&D. And it's one of my favorite 
seasons of my content creation days, we uh, we took Dungeons and Dragons. We took the Lost Minds of Fendelver, which is at the time was their startup, and and we used like the six of us at the time. There was six of us, and created this really cool RP. Like we didn't really care about the fifth edition rules, but we had this really awesome story uh, that we produced. And again, the natural ones D and D. In a personal element, um, I work at Amazon uh, as, as, as my personal life. Um, and through that experience, after a decade of working at Amazon, I've grown these relationships with these developers and publishers. Um, and in doing that, we kind of moved the Lore Seeker's efforts to a new world, the game New World. Um, we went that direction with our content creation. So in keeping the spirit of the Natural Ones D&D, I led this role-playing effort, if you will, um, where we had this weekly news and updates, typical podcasting show that we did as lore seekers. Our, our climax, or I guess like uh, the highest we got or the best that we did um, is we actually got the senior narrative design lead Robert Chesney shout out great human great individual Uh, we got him onto a podcast and interviewed him and had a phenomenal conversation about what it takes to write a narrative for a game again a phenomenal experience Um, but then life happened Uh, we had kids graduating we had uh, changes in career fields i went from retail ops to fulfillment center ops we had so many changes where we kind of dispersed and that is where me and conif kind of pick up our story me and conif have always kind of been like associates we kind of knew each other we worked together um, in the content creation space but we didn't really become interactive friends until this moment and what's funny, Conniff, I'm going to kind of throw you into this live, but what's kind of funny about this is it, we were in this community, this Discord community that just jawjacking. There's not really a, a rhyme or reason to what we were doing, but he sent a screenshot. Conniff, I don't know if you remember this, but you sent a screenshot and I remember seeing it thinking, man, it looks like cyberpunk. What is he doing playing cyberpunk? That's kind of odd. It's kind of off. And I realized he was an art corp. And Star Citizen, and I started asking questions. I started asking him, hey, what is this game? It looks pretty cool. Tell me more about it. And the jerk <laughs> sent me these YouTube videos on what this game is, what it's going to be, and the rest is history. I mean, money aside, and the last year aside, the rest is history. Uh, for the past year, I've been content creating with our organization called Soul Provision. Um, I've been content creating with pictures and getting really involved in the community, attended some bar citizens, met Galactica and Jake Acapella. So shout out to those two individuals on the community team for CIG. Um, But it's all because of this gentleman named Conniff, again, my really good friend. And I think now is a really good time to throw you in there for your introduction. Conniff, number one, thank you so much. Star Citizen has been probably one of the best gaming experiences of my career, and it's because of you. But I'll give you the mic. It's all you, man. Tell us a little bit about about yourself, how we got here. Why did you get me involved? Uh, Let's go from there. So I will start by saying that 
when I sent that photo, mm -hmm. one, yes, Area 18, uh, it was either that or Hurston, which from the ground both kind of look similar, both sure. look cyberpunky. That's fair. <laughs> um, but after that, you sent me a message and you said, what's the elevate what's your elevator pitch for star citizen mm -hmm. and i proceeded to give you the longest elevator ride of your life yes and gave you several videos across um you know all sorts of content creators that were putting out sort of like a here's what you need to know about star citizen videos yeah uh and from that point you know it was it's very much an informative look at this is what the game was like back then and wh where it was at mm -hmm. um but to that point you know things just kind of snowballed into where we are now yes uh myself i have been what i would call a content creator drifter for years now uh, i have a lot of hobbies all of them are game related whether board games card games or video games uh, for the longest time i was enamored and I would say I still am but uh, my entire focus was board gaming and sure. there's you know board gaming is not Monopoly it's not just Candyland it's not just Catan because <laughs> that's pretty popular these days Yeah. Uh, there's a website called Board Game Geek that is the encyclopedia bible of all things board games any sure. game you can possibly think of and so through that I was playing tons of games that I had never heard of um, stuff from being wizards in a maze, destroying each other, throwing snow, you know, not snowballs, uh, <laughs> fireballs at people, yeah. uh, to a game about anthropomorphic, which never say that word right. <laughs> so I'm not even going to go back and try to correct it. Um, nice. <laughs> but like little, little animal critters in a forest building a city and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I am enamored with the idea of the immersion or the experience or the lived in uh you know possibility of a world yeah and so with board games obviously that doesn't come across as well uh in most cases yeah. um some might argue if you consider D D to be board game adjacent that that can be one of the most immersive experiences and i agree oh, absolutely but uh you know i think it's it's it goes without saying that video games do it the best because they quite literally put you uh, put you in this world, you know, to all of your senses, with maybe the exception of smell and physical touch. Yeah. And um, and so I've been content creating, drifting across the universe for all, you know years now. Um, just wrapped up a podcast that I did with some friends of mine for three years about video games. Yeah. Uh, but all of this, you know, this joy of experiencing worlds is what ultimately led me to Star Citizen. Yeah. Now, we have another friend that is more ancient than I am that we have to <laughs> uh, give credit to. Acknowledge. And that, yeah. <laughs> and that is Shoe Swapper, yes. who was also there in the ESO Lore Seeker days. But uh, more importantly, he's always been one for me that is telling me about all these games, these yeah. experiences that he's had, these worlds, you know, whether MMOs, whether single-player experiences... Um, whether whatever Star Citizen could be considered, those type yeah. of games. And so he told me, and one day I was I was at work, working from home during uh, the pandemic, and yeah. he was like, hey, 
you should come watch this stream. And he was streaming himself mining on, um, oh, Microtech, right? Okay. Just out in the frozen tundra. Yeah. And everybody who's listening to this that has played the game yeah. knows that the, it is a, when you're, you get in your ship, you fly, and that's a whole experience in and of itself. And yes, we can it is. dive into <laughs> as much of it as we need to. That's right. <laughs> but when you land on the planet, you get out of your ship for the first time on the planet of Microtech on the, you know, the wintry side of it, I should say. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you just literally feel like you're standing in the middle of Norway or Iceland, yeah. you know, in the middle of winter. Yeah. Uh, and it's just this unreal experience of immersion in this foreign world. And, um, you know, I think when you're new, you don't really realize the, the context of it all, that someone could literally come up to you and blast you yeah. at their will. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, uh, in any number of things can happen. It's the world is your oyster, so to speak. So yeah. this idea of this freedom really caught my eye. And uh, I always wanted to try it. Never had a PC that could run it. Eventually built a PC in 2021. Uh, which, of course, opened up my opportunity for all these other worlds that I've only <laughs> ever heard of. Yeah. And um, from there, tried Star Citizen, and mm. uh, it's, yeah, that that brings us to now, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, ultimately, yeah. the takeaway is that I do a ton of stuff, voiceover. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing YouTube videos now on just random topics, whatever I see fit, because yeah. uh, ultimately, I've always believed that i'm just gonna create whatever i find <laughs> interesting so yeah absolutely well let me uh, i'll flex for you um conif is as close if not an actual professional voiceover actor <laughs> and musician that you can get uh, for the lore seekers he has been providing um music covers and his sultry voice that we're all probably swooning over at this point he's providing all of that um at at, at this professional level so kind of for, for what it's worth the product that you produce is freaking amazing and if anybody doubts me go check out the lore seekers on youtube and twitter go get their historical uh, videos and if you hear the music yeah. the, the archives back in the day right <laughs> uh if you hear something that is musical or a voiceover it's 99.9 percent uh conif so man you're you're amazing at what you do i i hope to like. one point be at that level um <laughs> But yeah, so, so, so there, man, there's, there's more to this onboarding though of me into this game. And so I'll, I'll just tell a quick story. Um, Conniff being the jerk that he is got me involved into star citizen right during Invictus, right? So like anybody yep, who's played yep. this game for longer than, I don't know, six months knows that IAE and Invictus are two of the most like worst times you could get involved in this game so so here's the deal I, i've been between games i've been yearning for this immersive um game to get lost in like that's really that was my bar i want to get lost into a game i don't really care about the iep i just want to get like immersed now that, that was my shtick right so he introduces me to this game i get in it i'm weary you know hey it's an alpha that's been in at the time like an alpha for nine years so i was a little bit hesitant but i did my research for like 10 minutes <laughs> 
Uh, which, that's all it takes, really. That's all it takes is like 10 minutes of like, well, damn it. Okay, so I'm invested, clearly. Um, but I got into the game right during Invictus. And so if you don't know anything about Star Citizen, you don't know about Invictus, this is literally... Um, this is something that is not experienced, at least in my 30 plus years of gaming. This is something that is not experienced in any other game. It is a expo. It's an expo where Star Citizen brings all 166 ships, which we'll get into that math in a little bit, but they bring all 166 ships and waves into their city called Orison on the planet Crusader. And it is it, literally, you you watch them fly into this expo center, you walk your happy ass into the expo center, and you can tour every single one of the ships. So me not knowing a damn thing about this game, that's my first experience. Holy crud. The realism, the simulation, the walking and seeing this massive vehicle in front of me that I can walk into and explore there's no other game that can do this right like I you know people have mentioned other space games and I'm not going to get into the names it's inappropriate but there's other space games that kind of like touch on this subject but they don't have the same kind of immersion of getting onto a ship getting into the cock seat uh, the, the the cockpit <laughs> getting into the seat that's a freudian slip right there that is perfect live <laughs> love it uh we're doing this live guys uh but yes uh <laughs> but, but it's it's it was it's flight simulator but in in the space world so all the boxes that i needed checked was done in this a uh, massive event that of course had all the bells and whistles it had a website it had events it had the calendar i didn't know better it could definitely have been bravo like in beta mode or it could have been in live prod it doesn't feel like an alpha in this moment right so i was invested i went from like a 40 dollar. this is where we're getting into dollars i apologize but i went to like a 40 dollar starter pack to like yeah i'll do the cutty back the, the cutty black package i'll spend 120 bucks and get the like the next level um and then the rest is history for what it's worth anybody listening um wing commander like that title <laughs> I've earned that in money spent. So just do your research and figure out how much money I've spent. Um, but the rest is history, right? It was just an amazing immersive experience that got me into a cockpit that got me flying around crusader. I wasn't doing missions. I wasn't doing, you know, these bounty hunting, um, you know, extravaganzas. Like I was literally just flying around, picking up trash and throwing it into the trash can because I could. Um, so I think there's just, there's a realism of like, when you start, like when you start during Invictus or IAE, be careful because <laughs> every ship is on sale on the website and you could be a wing commander in, you know, 10 months, which is my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a part of your story that you left out that oh, I boy. think every listener needs to know. Oh, boy. And it is your... Now, of course, you've evolved. And <laughs> you have certainly gotten better. But the first time I ever flew with oh, you as no. the pilot, I don't know the planet. Mm. But you know what knows the planet is my yes. bones and my you know yes. body that has been broken against it. Because... Yep. This man crashed a <laughs> Carrick into a planet. 
and we're sitting there and yeah. I'm, you know, in one of the turrets walking around, of course, you know, like taking in the sights because the thing is magnificent. Again, yeah. this is during IAE or whatever it's, Invictus, you know, the abbreviation yeah. is. I'm not as yeah. good with that stuff as <laughs> Solus is. Um, I got him into it. And so, you know, I do whatever. Uh, yeah. But this man crashes this, this ship into the planet of course, it's like stopping a train in the middle of, you know, zero gravity and all of a sudden gravity. But yeah. it was a very, uh, <laughs> I know you beat yourself up about it, uh, but it was yeah. an amazing experience that, um, you know, in and of itself. And that's just, again, one of the many stories that yeah. this game can bring about, Yeah. you know, I think. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So no, I remember that like it was it was yesterday. Unfortunately, um, I had went from like the starter package. And now now that you say it, I remember the details very clearly. Unfortunately, I went from like a Titan like starter pack, like smallest ship you can possibly you know have, uh, easy to maneuver. Like I got cocky, I got arrogant, and so I upgraded to like the package that has the Carrick in it. And I remember us getting into the Carrick. We're all like super confident. It's like you, I think Champ was with us. I think, you know, maybe one or two others were with us. Um, and yeah, I didn't even take into account the fact that this is like, I don't know, a million times bigger than the Titan. Um, and I just lawn darted us, like straight up lawn darted us into, and I think it was like Hurston. Like I'm pretty sure it was Hurston because it was like a desert, you know, uh, of, of yeah, our death. It could have been Aberdeen. It was could something be, yeah. that was red and it was painful it was painful yeah. yeah i killed us uh it was uh dramatic <laughs> it was a dramatic death and i'll i'll own that um but yes to conniff's point you know these are these stories so i think this is like i think this is like a really good segue into like who this game is for and maybe who this game is not for um so if you're into like the simulation, like I said, like flight sim, you have to take off, you have to turn on your shields, turn on your power, you have to ask permission to leave a hangar, right? Like there's there's all these things you have to, it, it's a simulation. At the end of the day, simulation. So if that interests you, that excites you, yeah, this game is probably for you. Kind of laid back, chilled, you're gonna exist in outer space. Right, so all you Star Wars fans, Star Trek fans, those who have wanted to live in that world, hey, this is it. And you're gonna enjoy the hell out of it. It's gonna be amazing. However, and this is where I would love your input, Conniff. Mm -hmm. However, if you are Meta, if you are Min Max, I'm gonna create YouTube videos on the rotation and I'm gonna I'm gonna have the highest DPS. It's probably not for you. It's it, it's probably not at this current moment. Yes, you can upgrade your cannons, you can upgrade your quantum drive, your shields, you can you can do all the things. But at the end of the day, it's more about the skill of actually maneuvering your ship than it is about some 10 second rotation that Lyco is doing for Elder Scrolls Online. Love the dude, by the way, but just that's not what you're going to experience in Star Citizen. Kind of, what are your thoughts, man? Well, it's there's always numbers, and numbers yes. never lie. And at the end of the day, like in a game where there's PvP, which Star Citizen has, 
there's always yes. going to be what is the best possible numbers loadout on my whatever the ship is right whatever yes. ship you're running what is the best cannons i can put on the best guns everything um and ultimately like i think that's a part of gaming that is just it's never gonna go away it yeah. doesn't matter how except for microsoft flight simulator there are no there's no <laughs> pvp but, but, um <laughs> talking about simulation games uh but you know when you look at it in the from the perspective of it's it is pvp but it's more about just taking each step and each moment as it comes and uh you know every bounty every you know uh security depot raid every time you get sent to Klesher because you <laughs> accidentally ran into somebody in the middle of you know uh, yeah. Bajani point or whatever yeah it's it's every moment like that that actually gives this game its flavor yeah. and uh you know so from a content creation perspective I'm more interested in when cool things happen. And that could be PvP. That could be an insane dogfight. Yeah. Um, but it's just not the game where I, personally, would ever be interested in needing to know the top DPS. Now, yeah, absolutely. There's websites already that will <laughs> you can kit out your ship yeah. um, if you would like. And, you know, you can find exactly where to buy those guns and all this stuff. But, but again, the real, you know, if we look at this, you know, like a diamond in the rough, which it certainly is, yeah. the real diamond part is the stories and the adventure that is waiting for you. And yes. ultimately, that's what drew me to the game. That's why I backed at whatever level I did that got me the <laughs> cutty black. Yeah. Um, and that's why that you know it's it's a game that you can get those experiences in in its current state right. now uh, just to touch on that briefly what i always tell people is that the game is playable a lot of people hear star citizen and yeah. they're like isn't that that game that kick started <laughs> in 1872 and it's <laughs> it's still in alpha yes um yeah. <laughs> not that far back but it is a game that you can play now. Yes. Uh, and so for $40, you get access to a, it's like the MSI M something. It's like the little thing that you could, you might be able to get some cargo on. Yeah. But it'll get you around the verse, which is what's important. Like Aurora. I think it's the Aurora something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so you back, and what I tell people is you, you back at that level. If you're interested in the game, just know like you are playing an alpha game mm -hmm. um, and there are moments where you're playing and you forget entirely that it's in alpha, in alpha. and it's unreleased and then yeah. moments later you're brought right back to reality yeah. <laughs> so, with, a, with a bug or a 30k <laughs> or whatever yeah. but what I tell people is for $40 you can get a ton of fun out of the experience yeah. you know just on that initial thing and then if you want uh, you can go up higher or you yep. can earn all your money and get your ships in. You know, it, it doesn't matter how you want to approach it because yep. some of us have far more time than money. Others have far more money than time. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, however you want to spend that money, whether it's buying ships outright so you can have them or yep. spending that time to 
buy it in game and maybe that's your fulfillment whatever yeah. you know all of that can be had for just forty dollars yeah. and these experiences that we've some we've talked about others i'm sure we're going to those are all because of that initial investment and you know it's you can get all of that for that initial investment yeah absolutely um spending that forty dollars is, is some of the best money you could spend in gaming so I think this is a, a really good transition um, to a couple of things, right? So y- you hit on, like, I don't know, Expansion 318. Like, we're going to get into that at some point in this in this podcast. Um, but there is some reality of, yes, this game is an alpha. But what I want to do is, is challenge the listener and the viewer um, to kind of see it from a different perspective. So before, before we get there, I'm going to kind of walk us... I'm going to walk us to get there. So number one, kind of mentioned like this experience, this for $40, you get to experience this amazing, this amazing world. I'm, I'm telling you right now through 30 plus years of gaming, the last of us from single player elder scrolls online raids, world of Warcraft raids, guild wars two, like I, of all the gaming experiences, my favorite has been the one night that was Conniff, myself, Champ, like Aaron was there, Shoe Swapper was there, but we were flying my Carrick. You probably remember this. We were flying the Carrick and doing bounties. We were murdering everybody. Like we were blowing everybody up. But I made the bad decision, bad decision of getting to a cave and not destroying the ship. That was next to us, right? I was like, yeah, let's let's let, you know, let's leave them be. They're not showing any aggression. But seconds later, we're all exiting the ship. Champ, bless his heart, stays on the Carrick. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, we're all we're all dead. We're, we're all completely dead, not knowing what the hell happened. Um, come to find out, this one little and it was like it was like a Titan. It was a, a Aurora or some small ship. Yeah just wasted us but that evening to this day has been my favorite moment in my gaming history because it was camaraderie it was friendship it was a calling out you know a distance and direction um it was tactical it was strategic it was all the things role playing right we had people in cockpits and turrets so for forty dollars you're going to get your money's worth but enter 318. I don't. I, I, so I actually heard you come off mute. Did you have anything? Yeah, off? I was going to add to that. Yeah. Like the, you know, and I don't want the listener to assume that we're both just like you said at the beginning, you know, just fanboys. Right. Uh, there's right. an element of this game that is unlike any other. And yes. uh, what you described with the Carrick and all that, um, what I actually remember happening is that he uh, he had been firing on us this whole time, like as we were flying mm-hmm. in, but it was like bugged out and we couldn't see. Oh, and we're like, yeah, because that's the only thing that would make sense because the Carrick yeah. has you know shields, massive shields. Yeah. Um. But but my point with all this is that the cooperation and coordination that goes into flying a Carrick, you yeah. have a pilot. Yeah. You have an aft gunner, you know, a starboard gunner. Um, I believe I had my M, my origin M50 in you did. the hangar of you the did. Carrick. And yeah. I went and, you know, got into that to go 
be as an escort, which an M50, if it, <laughs> people who actually know their Star Citizen ships. That's a racing an ship. An M50 is not is a racing ship <laughs> yeah. but it does have two guns it does have two guns um but anyway the whole my whole point is like the cooperation and coordination to fly and captain and um you know just maneuver this fighting force for bounties or for you know this experience that we had with this boat you know rogue yes. player it's that is uh, the only other game that I have felt that in personally is Hell Let Loose, which is a military, mm. t you know, World War II big team battle shooter where sure. there's a squad lead. Yeah. People have different, um, you know, roles and all everything. But like ultimately, and I don't know if it's just after years and years of gaming that I'm, you know, uh, looking for that type of thing, but it's that multiplayer social cooperation coordination experience and bundled together with the most immersive space sim that i yeah. think personally exists so yeah uh <clears throat> that was that was my coming off mute rant <laughs> i guess <laughs> no i mean i absolutely love it and, and, and we can go into like what it means to to co-fly co-pilot a carrick or these massive ships but the amount of cooperation the strategy the communication required to actually play this game at scale um, is something i, I personally I, I haven't played that game that you mentioned but i have never experienced yep. um up to this point right so flying the carrick in that moment in that story regardless of the bad decision i made <laughs> of, of not defending us um <laughs> that like that to me like sold me the strategy and the vision of this game and what it could be which again i think is an amazing transition into 318 so kind of i said it at the beginning of the call you said it just now we're not fanboys there is a oh yeah there's a reality um that this game this game also sucks, and so let's let's just talk about that. Like, <laughs> let's just address the elephant in the room, um, which is three eighteen. So, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna take my best crack at this. All right, wish me luck. Okay. No matter what emotion you have, you are right. You are right feeling whatever you feel about 318. So 318 launches, all hell breaks loose, dumpster <laughs> fires right is left up is down it, it is it is the craziest experience in gaming i've ever experienced from like a dev and a community standpoint um it it's insane people are losing their ever-loving minds uh twitter social media is blowing up people are saying hey stop what you're doing stop with the lore updates um hey if you're delivering coffee stop delivering coffee you need to start developing code it, it, it's it's this it's an extreme reaction which i'm not saying it's wrong how you feel is right so you've got this side of the aisle that's livid they're mad they have spent yep. ten thousand dollars in the game and the game is literally unplayable and i can from experience can tell you that 318 when it first launched was unplayable right or <laughs> or you can look at it from the other side of this aisle and realize what they're creating and i know people hate this excuse but what they're creating has never been um, 
has never existed in games before. And I think now, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going to screen share and kind of show y'all some documentation, but I wanted to show y'all the technology of what this game is trying to achieve. So without further ado, let's take a crack at it. Screen sharing my screen now, going to the boom PDF. So this is jump point, jump point 11 underscore zero one dogged or dogged persistence. This was their last jump point. And they talk about the three pillars that needs to happen before they achieve this technology, this existence, this, this idea of a persistent uh, entity right this this streaming that happens and so i'm going to try my best to explain it but at the same time with the context of this is why shit broke okay <laughs> all right <laughs> so three pillars the first pillar and you, you can see on my screen as i'm sharing the first pillar is object container streaming they achieved that Earlier last year, they achieved the object container streaming. This is a database. This is basically assigning literally everything that exists in the game. It's assigning it properties in a, a an idea of persistence, right? So this database this database exists. That's kind of like low hanging fruit. I, I think it's big from a developer standpoint, but from a gamer, you don't see it. It's not like this. It's not this eye opening experience for a gamer. However, with 3.18, they launched Persistent Entity Streaming, which from the rest of this stream, it's going to be called PES. So they launched PES. <laughs> it is this idea that I take a Gatorade bottle, right? So if you're walking around your spaceport and you pick up a bottle and you drink it for hydration, it's this idea that you can take that bottle and go literally anywhere in the universe and drop it off. I can sign out of the game. I can tell Conniff, hey Conniff, why don't you go check out this XYZ coordinate and tell me if I'm you- I'm not getting your Gatorade source, <laughs> come on. No, Pick up my trash, Conniff. Pick yeah. up my trash. Um, but but that's, that's the technology, is now Conniff should be able to get into the game, go to a planet, go to that XYZ coordinate, and find that Gatorade bottle on the ground. I'm, I'm sorry, but no other game is doing this i could be wrong please somebody email us and tell us that i'm completely wrong but it doesn't exist in world of warcraft guild wars new world it, it doesn't exist yeah, so not to this extent honestly exactly. not while someone is still logged in right or not yes. i mean logged out that's i think that's the key takeaway is that like yes. fallout 76 you can drop stuff or you have a camp in the yes. world somewhere that i could just stumble across but yes. the second you log out it's gone. Yep. That is the innovation, I yes. guess, with this whole thing. I, I agree 100%. 100%. So what's happened, and, and, I, and I read this, if you're listening and you're the one that made this comment in the lore drop uh, on Tuesday, uh, I want to give you credits. I just don't remember your name. I apologize. But somebody mentioned this idea of Jenga, right? You're building this tower and you're removing these pieces of Jenga. But what's happened 
is that the base of the tower that you're building, you've completely replaced, not with new Jenga pieces, but new shapes and designs and color and texture. Your shit's gonna break. Like the foundation of your tower is gone. It's still there. You're still attempting to build a tower, but because you're trying to change and you're innovating this whole entire new concept, you're rearranging the base of this tower and that's what everybody has experienced in 318. Everything got lit on fire everything and i'm right there with you i was mad i was buying things like fortuna paints i got the stupid like i say stupid i actually love it it's one of my favorite ships um but i got the phoenix emerald uh, but i can't fly it because i can't call it right like like the game is totally broken up to this point up to this day but it's because I just want to remind everybody, I'm not a fanboy. I, I, I want to say it again. I'm not a fanboy, but I want to remind everybody that this game, this game has like a, a, a minimum viable product and their minimum viable product is these three pillars launching. Are they able to create this world that has persistent entity streaming, which leads into um, server meshing, which we'll get into in a couple seconds. But until that's accomplished, the game's not going to go live. So yes, the house is on fire. People are mad. People are on Twitter cursing out the lore team because they're writing articles about narrative rather than writing code. Um, but I think if we all just take a moment and kind of remove the emotion away from the intellectual, I think we can probably find a middle ground. Does it suck? Absolutely, it sucks. At the same time, we don't wanna rush the production teams to develop just another World of Warcraft in space, another EVE Online. What we're wanting as a community, as people listening to this podcast, what we're truly desiring is a out of body experience that's never been emulated in any other game. And I think that involves like next level patience. <laughs> I'm one of them. I have to remind myself to like have that patience. Um, I, I don't know, Conniff, is there anything that I said that like sparked anything, but I, yes, I just think always. we need to, I just think we need to breathe. I find sparks in many places. And <laughs> one of them is how you feel is always right. And there's a second half of that, that I'd like to add that I think a lot of people need to hear because while how they feel may always be right, it's not always constructive towards others mm. to share those feelings or act upon them, if you will. And that's what you see on Twitter when things implode. Sure. Um, you know, no, no matter the game, no matter the experience, when it's not working well, like when, when Cyberpunk came out, Ooh. Some people were having problems with the game. Good point. I played the game on an Xbox Series X, and I only crashed three times in 76 hours. Uh, sure, there were bugs. No more than any other game that's released in the modern era, with the exception of Elden Ring, which is apparently perfect. <laughs> but, um, but when I played it, I was like, I legitimately am not experiencing what these people are experiencing. Yeah that is making them so mad that they're taking to Twitter. Articles are being written about it. YouTube yeah. videos are capitalizing on clickbait, you know, titles that get 
the angry mob to comment or, you know, whatever. And so when it comes to Star Citizen, a game that every person playing has to sign a EULA that is, and I'll be honest, I didn't read it, but I know that I'm (laughs) sure somewhere in there, legally, they are telling you that this is an alpha product. It is not representative of either what they have marketed it to be or the final product. And that's what all of those things say. Yep. And so you know what you're signing up for. And I have... I think people would like to know this experience that I had with 318. Uh, so we have a friend named Wally, and he has been yeah. right there along with us that playing guy. this game <laughs> ba- back poor in the guy. day. Yeah, a year, you know, a year ago when this whole thing started, and you know, to now, whatever. He's 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 like me. He's always been there, yeah. keeping our you know it on, Star Citizen on our radar. But yeah. um, the first week that I played Star Citizen. Him and I grouped every night without fail. I sent him a group invite. He was able to join. Poof, there he is in the universe. We are ready to take on the stars together. Yeah. Invictus happens, (laughs) and they they did a free weekend. The first night, we had like five of us, six of us, all in the world together doing something on some ship that one of us rented. Literally the day after that, he couldn't group with us. So then you come along. Yep. We, you and I, group. We're able to group fine. Yep. All of our other friends group fine. Yep. Wally can't group, not without having to back out to menu. Then you know, there's just these weird like voodoo magic ways of trying to group, and sometimes yep. rarely it would work. Yeah. So Wally and I, we've let it sit, you know, and and he really want obviously he really wants to play with us. It's fun. It's the game is amazing when you can play with other people yeah so 318 launches and i know all the disclaimers the game you know never play a game on patch day never play a game on Mm. patch week Mm -mm. and in star citizens case never play a game in patch month but (laughs) um so you know but we tried we tried and uh and that you know it's we knew what we were getting ourselves into so we load in to the game get to the menu so far so good but that's always worked, so no surprise. Yeah. Wally looks over at our friend, you know, friend's menu, sends me an invite to join his party from the menu. Poof, there it is, in the corner, where it should be. <laughs> I accept it. Poof, there I am, in the party. And we're like, what? This is all we wanted out of this. Who cares about <laughs> PSE yeah. PES, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Swing the party. <laughs> whatever it is. Yep. Who cares? Yep. Who cares? Wally and I just want to group up. Yep. So he clicks, get into a server. Yeah. And fail. Because as everybody who has been around and knows what's going on with 318, um, actually getting into the server, whether best or your region, most of the time it was breaking yeah at least the first weekend and so uh eventually he clicks you know through these five servers like 30 times and eventually it takes us and so for the next 20 seconds we see the (laughs) loading screen we're like this is fantastic Mm -hmm. then on my screen oh here i am area 18 right where i expect myself to be i've got a lot of weird stuff in my inventory that i don't remember but you know whatever you know i'm here my character's here and where's wally 
and <laughs> just like a where's Waldo I'm spinning around in the room looking for Wally yeah. you know his little nameplate nowhere to be found and he's like yeah I'm still loading I'm like okay <laughs> so I get out of my uh, of my room yeah. and uh, in true star citizen fashion I like rubber band back to my bed like four times yeah. uh, but I finally get out of my bed in my room after monumental effort and Area 18 is just as beautiful as it always has been. Oh, yeah. um, beauty, beauty may not be the right word for an industrial megapolis, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, The game looks great. There's other players milling about, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to the hangar. Meanwhile, Wally is still staring at a loading screen. I walk to the hangar, or, well, you know, walk to the tram, get on the tram, go to the, ham the hangar and go to click on the vehicle retrie retrieval console. Yeah. Nothing. Um, <laughs> eventually, it locks me into it, and then eventually it pulls up my two ships. Yeah. Secretly, I was hoping there would be some random third or fourth ship that I randomly had for no apparent reason, because <laughs> why not? Yep. Yep. Obviously wasn't there. I go to summon my Cuddy, because between the choice of a Cuddy Black and a Titan, mm -hmm. you're always going to choose the Cuddy. Easy. The better ship. Yep. Uh, it may look like crap compared <laughs> to the Titan, but that thing is is mm -hmm. my baby. So I click it, and then it you know lags out and doesn't show me anything on the terminal, and I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. And and this is a little aside within this little story, yeah. but the I, I want to you know you've asked like what type of things in this game have you know caught my eye or like the, that immersion, right? Yeah. The fact that you can look at a screen inside of a game that you're viewing on a screen and it look as crystal clear as it is mm -hmm. in the game i don't know how to explain it but that experience is just like mind-blowing to me like yeah. like that you can interact with a virtual screen through your screen and your mouse and keyboard yeah. and it feel like you're like yeah. it's right there. you know I, I don't know how to again i don't know how to explain it but that experience was one of the initial like wow <laughs> you know, like this is yeah. interactive or whatever. This looks great. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. the ship, I click it. The screen doesn't load anything. And I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. I look around. I don't see, you know, the marker for where my cutty is. And uh, eventually it pops up as I'm meandering through the terminal. I'm like, okay, great. Hangar three, classic go to hangar three there she is in all of her glory meanwhile wally still at a loading screen because, <laughs> although he may have like you know disconnected the game at that point son I, of I a um I, I will i will go ahead and get to uh, there's a little part i want to say but yeah wally never did make it into the game with me uh, that night <laughs> so was he getting like uh, 19ks or like was he getting an error message or he, i don't even know it just oh, he was just stuck in a lo an infinite loading screen yeah um so, so while we were able to group we weren't actually able to play so we're, it's still on trial with him sure know, to get eventually we want to be able to play together yeah so i go to the hangar hangar three cuddy's there beautiful i you know open the back um whatever drop down door sure walk into the ship it smells like it used to except it doesn't because <laughs> video games um but again and this is this is something not to fanboy but there is a special immersion and a special feeling that yeah. you can physically well 
in game walk into every flyable ship. Yeah. And it's it's to scale. Yep. And anybody who's ever been in an Origin 890 jump, whether <laughs> through the mission or through piloting it or whatever, knows that that is a it's hard to explain if you've yeah. never experienced it because never in any game that I've ever played has a vehicle had you know essentially like an open world as a yeah. part of it right yeah and so yeah i get into the ship walking around you know that same feeling is there where you're like you know this is a space sim like yeah. i you know there's other games as you said won't mention them yeah uh that do space sim but their ships aren't you know traversable yeah and i go you know the the moment now i have no idea how to fly the ship anymore i've completely forgotten i wouldn't you know but that didn't matter because i went to get in my cockpit yeah. and next thing i know i was dead <laughs> and i have no idea why <laughs> but i went to sit down in the seat and then all of a sudden there was my hey you're bleeding out screen and i was like right <laughs> i tried this three separate times that night with the yeah. cuddy uh, i could never get the titan to actually spawn yeah but the cuddy it sure it was there <laughs> i wasn't taking it anywhere that's for sure uh and so all in all that is one man's experience with 318 and it's not a positive look on you know it, or rather it's not a positive experience and it doesn't look good on the game when that's the type of experience that people are having yeah <clears throat> with that said you know again i understand and I'm mature enough to recognize that, yeah, what I spent in the game, I knew full well yeah. that was an experience that I may get. I may also get the experience where we are on that satellite trying to get Aaron to get rid of his crime stat, and there's people <laughs> flying in trying to blow us up. Yep. That was a great experience. 100%. But the 318 experience that I had was yeah. not so great yeah. and many other people had that same experience and again that is the reality of this type of game where it's at in development yeah and when you compare that with the innovations that they're trying to produce into this game yeah like it makes sense yeah and i can't fault them i don't think the game is a scam because again you can have my you can have both experiences or really all the experiences we've talked about good and bad yeah. so far for forty dollars and i'll be honest i'm at a point in my life where i spend that forty dollars i don't miss that forty dollars yeah it's it's gone you know Absolutely. it's an experience you spend forty dollars to go see a movie that sucks for two hours <laughs> you know for two people these days so true people, whatever so true so that's my longer rant about my 318 experience but ultimately love it i think the takeaway is that you know it's it's a work in progress mm -hmm. the the persistent entity thing is this whole it's i i can't also think of a game that has done it like yeah. that so yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, absolutely and, and so in <laughs> In subsequent podcasts, we're going to get into all of that in more depth. We're going to be looking at the developer's, uh, development 
status updates. We're going to be looking at the strive cycles to get us there. We're going to talk about the hard conversations. We're going to talk about what we love about the game. Um, And I think this is a really good time to kind of, I guess, wrap up this inaugural episode. Um, But for 318, it's been it's been painful. However, what's the alternative? Are we okay with Star Citizen just kind of reverting to a cookie cutter MMO? Are we okay with it reverting to an EVE Online, World of Warcraft? Uh, And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but are we okay with it just being status quo and something we've experienced just in game or just in space, right? Or are we patient enough to allow them to use our money, which by the way, I'm, I'm gonna nerd out real quick. It's like $558 million pledged over like 4 million gamers. So it's like 140 bucks per gamer, right? Are we okay with them taking that money and trying to give us something we've never seen before? I think it's a dichotomy that we as gamers need to kind of reason with. What are we okay with? Are are, are we okay with the status quo? Are we okay with something groundbreaking? And so with that comes this huge conversation that we will envelop or we will digest in the next several weeks and beyond the verse. The whole point of this podcast is to take these strive cycles, these efforts, and really dive into what is the product, what is the the end state and the vision. And I plan to do so with the assets, the amazing people like we have with Conif. Hopefully I'm able to get like with Robert Chesney and the senior narrative design team at Amazon Game Studios. I'm hoping to get a Galactica, a Jake in here as well. But can we have conversations where we bring these dialogues to the community and just have a very open and transparent conversation about where we're at and where we're trying to go. I think if you look at the roadmap with Pyro coming down, which is 4.0, with Pyro coming down the pipeline, with um, server meshing as the final pillar that we're trying to accomplish from a technical standpoint, are we close? And that's the million dollar question. Are we close to the minimum viable product where Star Citizen can say, all right, Squadron 42, you're live. Star Citizen, you are live. Because for the past 10 years, we haven't landed the plane yet. <laughs> so here we are. Conniff, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on this inaugural episode. I look forward to the subsequent episodes where we do get into all this color. I would hope to have you back. I would love to have you back, my friend. Um, But if you would, if people wanted to follow you, if people wanted to dive into who you are and the content that you're producing, how can people find you? So ultimately, if you want to find what I'm doing right now, you go to YouTube, go type in Conif, C-O-N-I-F-F, and 
there I am. Uh, I recently put out a video on why I left ESO for Guild Wars 2 that mm. blew up way beyond anything I could expect. It's a good one. Um, and ironically, now I'm playing all sorts of games. Uh, and I recently put out another video why I love open world games. Star Citizen makes a very brief cameo in it uh, because, again, it is an open world game. I yeah. love it. I love that experience. But so Conif on YouTube and then Twitter at W-I-S-F-O-R-W-I-Z, which was a shortened version of Wisdom for Wizards. So. Love it. Uh, you know, it, again, I thank you for having me, one. Absolutely. But two, I think that it's important for everyone to look at this experience that you had, um, you know, getting into this game as, you know, it's, you became a citizen that day that you were on Orison yeah. looking at all those ships and you became a fan of this idea that, you know, okay, CIG wants to push innovation into the open world multiplayer experience. You know, the status quo is fine for WoW. The status quo is fine for MMOs that, you know, have come and gone. Yeah. But what CIG is wanting to do, and I have to give them credit for that and, uh, you know, be thankful for that ultimately because it's going to push other companies to do the same, is yeah. innovate to go beyond what has been done. Go beyond the verse, if you will. Oh, I love it. A <laughs> oh, million dollars right there. Nailed it. But yes, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I I don't have much more to say on Star Citizen because, yeah. like many people, I'm patiently waiting. And I'll yeah. dip my toes from here and there. And there might be seasons where I really dive in. And there might be seasons where I don't. Yeah. But I am patiently waiting. I think my money was well spent. And even if on the very minute chance that nothing ever happens with this game beyond what is current, yeah, I will not regret the money spent. I yeah. will have enjoyed the experiences and the experiences to come. And uh, I mean, ultimately, that's why I play video games. So 100%. Thank you. Well, Conniff, as a dear friend, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Hope to have you back. For those of you on YouTube interested in how we can listen or how we can get involved in Beyond the Verse or our internal organization with Soul Provision, um, here we go. So Beyond the Verse is forward slash star citizen bravo tango vector right? So BTV, that's on Instagram, that's on Twitter. Um, at that, we'll get you to YouTube. Um, for all things that are sole provision, that's our organization that Conniff is a part of and many others. Um, you can go to the Robert uh, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash provision. All of this is in the details in the YouTube video and in your podcast. So feel free to click join. You are more than welcome to join this effort. I look forward to being part of this community, being part of your uh, traverse through the verse. <laughs> um, and with that, I wish y'all the best. I hope this finds you well. Um, and please 
come back next Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. I look forward to having a conversation with you again. This has been Beyond the Verse, Star Citizen Podcast, with your host, Solas, and guest speaker, my dear friend, Conniff. Thank you so much.